Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in, episode 169, What's Right with Nick Wright, flying solo once again. Daughter still in Europe, Demonze's studio still getting built, and my wife is just flatly refused to do the show in the last couple days. She said, quote, there's literally no sports going on, what are we going to talk about? So, it's just you and me today, but we do have a ton to talk about. In fact, so much, we're going to get right to it. But something that missed the cut didn't actually miss the cut because I'm going to discuss it here in a moment. But let's show you what we think missed the cut. Germany and Brazil eliminated from the Women's World Cup. That's not actually missing the cut. Jim Ursay paying $20 million to transport an orca across the country. I, I got the distinct impression our production staff really wanted me to talk about this story. I have no interest in that story. And Skinny Luca appears to have cut down in soda. I'm not the healthiest guy in the world, but one of the things that I think has helped me, because I basically eat whatever I want, is I don't really do sweets and I never do soda. So I think that maybe the cutting out soda is the key to all of it. Now, the thing that said missed the cut, but I actually want to get to is because it happened just a couple hours ago. Morocco is the Cinderella in both World Cups this year. They make the semifinal on the men's side. And then on the women's side, here is how that group went. The group had Germany, which is the number two team in the world. Colombia, which is okay in the 20s, I think. Morocco's in the 70s and South Korea. The first game of that group... And again, just like the men's side, two advance, two don't. Germany beat Morocco six to nothing. Again, Germany beat Morocco six to nothing. Colombia then beat South Korea. Morocco then beat, uh, yeah, Morocco then beat Colombia. Or pardon me, Morocco then beat South Korea. Germany and Colombia play. Er, is this right? Germany and Colombia played to a draw. I might have that part wrong. But the moral of it was all of a sudden, you had a German team playing. No, Germany and Colombia played today. Pardon me, because Morocco played. No, I have. Now I'm screwing the whole thing up. I should have had it in front of me because I watched it this morning. This morning. Here's what happened. Morocco is playing Colombia, 
and Germany is playing South Korea. Germany, again, the number two team in the world, and they had beaten Morocco 6 nothing to start the tournament. And I was up early this morning because I couldn't sleep, so I turn these two matches on at ha right after the second half starts, and you see Morocco and Colombia are tied. And then all of a sudden, Mor Morocco is beating Colombia, and Germany and South Korea are tied. And it's like, well, hold on a second here. If Morocco wins and Germany ties South Korea... Germany is not going to advance. And there ended up being 15 minutes of stoppage time. It was wild as we were watching it. But Morocco ends up beating Colombia 1-0. Colombia doesn't care because Colombia is moving on. They're fine. And then there's minutes left in the Germany match. The Moroccan players are watching on a phone on the pitch and South Korea holds on to get its only point of the World Cup, a 1-1 draw with Germany, and Germany's going home. And it is just one of the most startling. It's the first time ever the German women haven't advanced to the knockout round. And now Morocco, which started the tournament losing 6-0 to Germany, is advancing. Germany is not. It was startling. It was great theater. The Moroccan players were beside themselves. Uh, it was so it's such a cool story. That being that happening, Jamaica, which basically had to do a GoFundMe to even get to the tournament, them advancing is great. The only part of this World Cup that hasn't been great is how the U.S. has played. Now, hopefully, the U.S. picks it up. Well, I mean, if they don't, they're done. Uh, they are still the slight favorites to beat Sweden. They are no longer the favorites in the entire tournament. I'm, I've been trying to see. There we go. Uh, here we go. The, right now, the tournament odds are England, big favorites at plus 270. Then the U.S. and Spain, both at plus 470. Morocco, you can get Morocco right now at 430 to 1. So a thousand bucks on Morocco wins you almost half a million I don't think that's a really good bet, but it is a hell of a story. Okay, now we will get to what we are actually scheduled to talk about today, which is my quarterback pyramid. So I did a quarterback pyramid on the show, on the TV show. People got very mad about it because this is what I said. I said I am not putting the rookies on the pyramid because they haven't played yet. I don't want to, I, I want to see them play before I put them on the pyramid. And then we got to the top few rows of the pyramid. And, of course, Mahomes is at the top. The second row is Burrow and the Prince. And then the third row, smack dab between Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, is Caleb Williams. So the producers ask, what has Williams done to be ahead of Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and Lamar? Well, he's not ahead of Josh Allen. Again, these pyramids or tiers, they're not left to right. They are top to bottom. He is on the same row as Josh Allen and uh, Jalen Hurts. But the only quarterbacks ahead of him are Mahomes, Burrow, and the Prince. And the answer is... 
What hasn't Caleb Williams done? Caleb Williams stepped onto a college football field as a freshman at Oklahoma, and what did he do? Down 28-7 to against Texas in the biggest rivalry game in the country, or at least one of them, leads them on a comeback, is excellent the rest of that year, then transfers to USC and wins the Heisman Trophy. In his college career, he had 69 touchdowns and nine picks. He plays a Mahomesian style with, by the way, the same height, and weight as Mahomes, a lot of the same flair, some of the same toughness. The kid is as can't miss as can't miss gets. Now, is right and is saying this moment, you know, he's one of the six best quarterbacks alive, maybe potentially a touch hyperbolic, sure. But I am as certain of him as I was of Trevor Lawrence. I wasn't, by the way, I wasn't certain of Mahomes. I was, when the, if we're being totally honest, my record on that, I wanted the Chiefs to draft Deshaun Watson because I was very confident in Deshaun Watson. But Trevor Lawrence was the most no-doubt prospect, we had no questions asked prospect we had had in a decade. Caleb Williams, now it's only been a few years, is the most no-doubt prospect since Trevor. I thought Trevor was a better prospect than Joe Burrow. And listen, Burrow's been unbelievable. I think Caleb's a better prospect than Joe Burrow. And his ability to play through pain, his ability to make off-platform throws, his creativity. If you, We are now living in an NFL universe that revolves around Patrick Mahomes. And if you are trying to win a championship, you have to ask yourself a question. Can my quarterback go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and at least one in three times get a win? Burrow has answered that question as yes. Josh Allen in the regular season, to his credit, has answered the question as yes. Jalen Hurts showed you in the Super Bowl. The answer to that might be yes. I don't know that that's true for Justin Herbert. I don't know that that's true for Lamar. I know that isn't true with any of the other guys. I believe it will be true with Caleb Williams. I believe he is a superstar. And if you are not a fan of one of the five or six best teams in the league this year, you know which team would probably be the most fun to be a fan of this season, the Arizona Cardinals. Because you get to watch every Cardinal game, rooting for them to lose, which they will most of them. If somehow they end up winning some of those games, you then get to watch the Texans games, rooting for them to lose, because they have the Texans pick as well. And if you're the Cardinals a team that seemed to have no, just be in total and utter disarray. You are about to be in a position where you should have next year the number one pick of the draft, which you will use on Caleb Williams, 
the number four or five pick of the draft from Houston, which you can trade if you'd like for probably a mid-first round pick and future picks, and Kyler, who you can trade for almost assuredly at least a first round pick and then something. The Cardinals get to start totally over with a transcendent quarterback if they're as bad as I think they're going to be. Now, there's another team we're going to talk about later that I think should have taken that tact this year. They opted against it. I think they're going to regret it. But there's a team that Caleb would have been a perfect fit for that could have opted to get into the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. They're not doing it, though. We'll talk about them at the top of the B block, actually. Uh, The producers also said, aren't you doing to Caleb what everyone else did to Wimby? So, on the TV show, they asked me this as well. No. I am, what I am saying about Caleb Williams is I believe he will be a well above average number one overall pick. That would be a fair expectation for Wimby. If I were saying right now that Caleb Williams by year three is going to be league MVP and the best player in the sport and as the way Wimby was discussed was that if Wimby turns into Tim Duncan, it's a bit of a disappointment. That, if I were to say right now, If all Caleb Williams ends up being is Aaron Rodgers, he's a disappointment, that would be unfair. I am not putting Wimby-level expectations on Caleb. I am putting Zion-level expectations on Caleb when Zion was coming into the league, and those are fair. The guy's a superstar. And anybody wanting to say the, the whole, oh, well, then why wasn't USC better last year? First of all, USC was damn good last year. Second of all, and maybe more importantly, you can't overcome horrific defenses in college football at the quarterback position. That's why Patrick Mahomes, uh, as a starter in college, what did he have a losing record? What was Texas Tech's record in 2015 and 2016? I know, I know, it wasn't overwhelming. I think he was seven and five, and maybe seven and six. Caleb, I am as certain on Caleb as I've been on anybody. That's why I had him on the pyramid. Next on the quarterback pyramid, producers right. Williams wasn't the only controversial pick on your quarterback pyramid. Which quarterbacks have the highest odds of making you look dumb at the end of the year? So if we can put the full pyramid on the screen, and for the people listening, I'll go through it very quickly here and then leave it on screen if we can. We have Mahomes at the top, obviously, Burrow and Trevor Lawrence second row. And the the difference between, by the way, tiers and a pyramid is a pyramid is there's one person on row one, two on row two, three on row three, etc. So a seven-row pyramid would be 28 people. Row three is Hertz, Caleb, and Josh Allen. Row four, Dak, Justin Herbert, Lamar, Aaron Rodgers. Row five, Cousins, Tua, Stafford, Fields, and Geno Smith. Row six, Carr, Goff, Watson, Kyler, Daniel Jones, and Jimmy. Row seven, Tannehill, 
Mac Jones, Russell Wilson, Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, and Baker Mayfield. The rookies are unranked, and also Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter didn't make it. Of those guys, I would have said the one I was most anxious about making me look bad was me having Justin Fields on row five in the top 15 because he hasn't earned that placement yet. But evidently, saying Justin Fields is above average, not only is it not a hot take, it's the most tepid take there is because I've got colleagues saying he could be league MVP this year, which is flatly insane. And I like Fields, clearly. I I said, despite his passing numbers, first few years of his career being abysmal, I said, you know what? Better offensive line, DJ Moore. Uh, more consistent uh, offensive system, all of those things. I think he can be an above-average quarterback. So I, I, I'm betting on him. But the fact that Fields is to be the most bet-on MVP candidate, you've got otherwise smart people talking about him like he's already a great player. That I don't understand. Now, if we can go back to the pyramid. I, the pyramid ranking of Rodgers on row four, along with Dak, Herbert, Lamar, and Aaron, that's... That's not going to make me look bad. What I've said about Rodgers, that I just don't think he's a great quarterback anymore. I don't think the Jets are going to be very good this year. All of those things absolutely could be used against me if I'm wrong. I don't think I will be. If I'm looking at this pyramid, though, the, my, my guess would be the following. That by week 10, Stafford, who's right now in row 5, a top 15 guy, has dropped down a bit. Jordan Love maybe has moved up a row from row 7 to row 6. I have no idea what we're going to get from Deshaun. I also wonder... If Herbert or Lamar could jump ahead of Josh Allen. And everybody's like, oh, Nick, you hate, you kill Josh Allen. I mean, of NFL quarterbacks, I have him in the top five uh, right there. I thought his, I don't think he's done anything to be ranked ahead of Hertz, Burrow, or I believe Trevor's better, but I understand that's a controversial opinion. But. This is a tough question for me to answer, though. Which one is going to make me look dumb? Because I don't think any of them, because I think this is the most accurate quarterback ranking system we've seen. By the way, you're going to see a version of this every Tuesday on the TV show, but it's not going to be called Nick's Quarterback Pyramid. It's going to be called Mahomes Mountain. And spoiler alert, no one's going to get to the top of it. Uh, Von Miller, this is from the producers again. Von Miller praises quarterback Josh Allen, saying he reminds him of Peyton Manning. You disagreed. Are you saying you know more than Von Miller? Well, obviously, stylistically, Josh Allen and Peyton Manning have very little in common. Stylistically, the quarterback that Josh Allen should remind you of, I wonder if any of the... Uh, th 
we're going back about 20 years. I'll give you guys in your cars or the producers a moment like, hmm, who could he be talking about? Stylistically, the quarterback that Josh Allen reminds you of is Dante Culpepper, pre-injury. Dante Culpepper, who also made a conference championship game very early, then got rocked in that conference championship game. Dante Culpepper, who his final year healthy, threw for almost 5,000 yards, 39 touchdowns, 11 picks. Dante Culpepper, who was a dynamic rushing threat, and it was a great part of his game, and then he injured his shoulder, and his career was never the same. That, that They don't have a similarity there, but both giant, big, strong, physically imposing cannon arm guys who are a little careless with the football. But here's my con- would be my concern. Not just if you're Josh Allen, but for a lot of these AFC quarterbacks. In the 2000s, in the AFC, you had Tom Brady, who made it to, I think, 13 AFC title games and nine Super Bowls with the Patriots. You had Peyton, who made it, I believe, to five AFC title games, obviously four total Super Bowls. You had Big Ben, who made it to, I think, four AFC title games and three Super Bowls. Okay? So that's... Everybody else was kind of left out in the cold. And in the AFC, when you have Mahomes as the Brady figure, Burrow and Trevor as the Peyton and Big Ben figures, is Josh Allen shaping up, or Justin Herbert, or Lamar, but let's stay on Josh, is Josh shaping up to be the Phillip Rivers figure? Great numbers, team's good most years, and in Phillip Rivers' career, he lost in the playoffs to Brady three times, at least twice, I think three times, lost in the playoffs to Peyton, lost in the playoffs to Big Ben, oddly lost in the playoffs uh, once to Mark Sanchez, and then, funnily enough, oddly enough, I should say, uh, got his final playoff loss, was winning with the Colts, to Josh Allen. And those Charger teams were good teams with a good quarterback. But you had future first ballot Hall of Famers in your conference in their prime at the same time. And that's just going to be a tough hill to climb. If Burroughs is good as I believe he is, Trevor is as good as I know he is, and we all know how good Mahomes is. There's just not going to be a lot of opportunities. And... I don't want to, again, I don't want to spend so much time banging on the Bills, but I do think it is worth noting that if we go to the 
Super Bowl odds, all right? And then look at the trajectory of these teams over the last few years. One of these things is not like the other. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. That's obviously they're heading in the right direction. The Eagles made the playoffs, made the Super Bowl, headed in the right direction. The Bengals, they took a small step back last year, but they went from out of the playoffs to the Super Bowl to AFC title game road loss. The Niners, if we do a three-year trajectory, out of the playoffs, NFC Championship game appearance, NFC Championship game appearance. The Cowboys, out of the playoffs, round one defeat, round two defeat. They're at least getting a little bit better. The Jets, disaster, travesty of a franchise. Hey, we won seven games. We added Aaron Rodgers. The Ravens missed the playoffs too, got into the playoffs despite their quarterback being hurt. The Lions, I'm, I'm listing all of the in order. I've just skipped one team. The Lions, embarrassment of a franchise too. Hey, we're a game away from the postseason. The Chargers missed the playoffs by three games. Missed the playoffs in overtime of Week 18. Two made the playoffs. The Dolphins, out of the playoffs. Two in the playoffs, the backup quarterback. The Jags, travesty of a franchise too. Oh my God, we're in the playoffs, we're in a playoff game. That is 11 of your top 12 Super Bowl contenders, according to the odds. The one I left out was the Buffalo Bills. Their trajectory is made the AFC title game, then lost an epic round two game on the road, then got blown out in round two at home. So 11 of your 12 top contenders are either on a clear upward trajectory, have maintained the one team that you could say last year took a step back is, I suppose, Cincinnati, but I not really. Cincinnati the year before last uh, went to overtime in Kansas City in the AFC title game and won. Cincinnati this year lost on a last-second field goal in Kansas City in the AFC title game. They're maintaining. The only team going in the wrong direction is Buffalo. So, just a lot of reasons that they are a very, very difficult team for me to believe in right now. All right, last, Cowboys. Trayvon Diggs went at Dak in practice. Producers say if they don't have enough drama, they're now going at each other. Shouldn't the team be trying to build up their fragile quarterback's confidence? I think this is a nonsense story. I don't think he has fragile confidence. I think, I think good teams in the NFL getting after each other in training camp, and the best players drawing at each other is actually a good sign. So I don't buy that as, and I heard Shady, listen, Shady obviously knows a lot more about NFL training camps than me. Shady's saying that, you know, the best quarterbacks in the league aren't treated like this. I That may or may not be true. I had no problem with it. I actually didn't think it was a bad thing for Dallas at all. And I think Dallas's defense is going to kick ass this year. And I think playing with that edge will be good for him. There is a team that should have made that that could be in such a great position to get right back to the Super Bowl. 
Instead, they're pretending they can be good this year. Well, they just suffered another injury. We'll discuss who they are and play all in or fold next. What's right? Hey guys, fall is right around the corner and HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered right to your door. Simply choose your recipes, pick your delivery date, then lay back and enjoy the last days of summer knowing dinner is covered. The key to dinnertime success, variety. HelloFresh keeps your taste buds on their toes with 40 chef-crafted recipes to select from every week. From family-friendly to fit and wholesome, you'll always find new and exciting recipes to try and love. My family personally loves the meat and veggies option. I have enough back-to-school shopping and planning to do with kids in school, with the shows, with work. Letting HelloFresh get the groceries and save me some cash with pre-portioned meals delivered right to my door is just great. So if you're busy like me, don't call for delivery. Get HelloFresh. It's 25% cheaper than takeout and less expensive than grocery shopping too. Try HelloFresh today by going to HelloFresh.com slash 50. That's the number five zero, Nick Wright. Use code 50 Nick Wright, right with a W, five zero Nick Wright. For 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50NickWright and use code 50NickWright for 50% off plus free shipping. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in episode 169, What's Right with Nick Wright. Before we get to all in our fold, uh, we're going to talk about the Rams here for a moment because Cooper Cup is already injured in camp and the Rams are likely going to be terrible again. The producers ask, was it worth it for one Super Bowl if they completely fall apart? Because they won the Super Bowl, the answer is yes. Uh, Had they not, it would have been a true disaster and fan base crippling. And I'm kind of glad they fell apart a bit because I didn't love the bleep them picks philosophy and the... I. I do appreciate the art of team building in the NFL that's just so different than other sports. And the Rams put everything on the credit card 
and you know had the greatest party of their lives people still talking about it but now they're going to be paying that off for years what to me is so interesting about the rams is they had an opportunity to continue that tortured analogy to declare bankruptcy this year and be right back in it if I were running the Rams after the season they had last year I would have said okay listen this is not gonna be fun but the reality is what is our best case scenario best case scenario our incredibly young defense and our incredibly thin offense stay healthy overachieve a bit we win nine games sneak into the playoffs get blasted and then Stafford's a year older you're closer to retirement Donald as well and we're just that's our best case scenario most likely scenarios were a five or six win team what if this offseason we do the inverse of bleep them picks and all we care about is the picks and we hold an auction Aaron Donald you're one of the greatest players in the history of the sport you're also on the trade block could you get a first round pick and then something for Aaron Donald yes they did it by the way with Jalen Ramsey they traded Ramsey and got something do that with Donald swallow hard and do it with Cooper Cup and do it with Matt Stafford and say we have a team in our division in Arizona that is attempting to get Caleb Williams do we want to have to deal with Caleb Williams for the next 10 years or do we a team from Los Angeles that still even though we won a Super Bowl struggle a bit with a fan base want to have Caleb Williams and the extra draft capital clean our books up this year and move forward and potentially be right back in a Super Bowl in three or four years that's what they should have done and even if you want to tell McVeigh you want a year leave of absence buddy we'll give it to you we will we'll let you take a year off if you don't want to deal with this you can come back after this season this season's gonna be awful that's what the Rams should have done they didn't now they're likely gonna have to deal with Caleb Williams in that division because I do think the Cardinals are going to be horrible. I think the Cardinals are doing this, of you know, it took them a while, but the smart way now. And uh, the Rams, I think, are going to be, even in the bad NFC, a bad team. All right, time for all interfold. We actually already touched on this one. Betters have placed more MVP bets on Justin Fields than Mahomes, Allen, and Her- Herbert combined. All in or fold, betting geniuses are going to bankrupt Vegas. That is obviously a fold. And the the reason people have placed so many bets on fields to win MVP 
is because the odds are so good. I understand that um, because he has such long odds, I should say. But it is a ludicrous bet. And I understand you're like, oh, you want to get good value. The value of a bet that has 0% chance of happening is zero. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and fold on that one. Next, Baker Mayfield was in the bottom tier of uh, your quarterback pyramid, reportedly in a tight quarterback competition with Kyle Trask and Tampa, all in her fold. You have to liquidate your your Baker stock. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and fold on that. I do not have to liquidate my Baker stock uh, because much like last year, all I guaranteed last year in the beginning of the year was that he would beat out Sam Darnold. He did. Then he was terrible with the Panthers. Had a nice, you know, a nice couple moments with the Rams. Baker is going to beat out Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask is not an NFL quarterback. Flatly, he is not. And so, the now, my long-term Baker's a really good quarterback stocks, those have already been delisted. Those are on the pink sheets. But Baker to beat out Kyle Trask, he's going to do that. Next, Hall of Fame game. Preseason football kicks off tonight all in or fold. Betting preseason football is acceptable. Oh, I'm all in on that. It's absolutely acceptable if you think you can find value or have an edge. I know some people love betting unders in the pre- in preseason football. I, I'm not going to be betting the Hall of Fame game, but I think that betting preseason games, especially if you feel like you have a good pulse on a team or know some things about who's going to play starters and who don't, that isn't necessarily the general public's not up on. I think it's okay. I wouldn't bet a lot on preseason football. You want to bet a little, though. I got no problem with it. All right, next, uh, Travis Kelsey is rocking. These guys wrote new lip foliage. I would never say something like that. All in her fold. Kelsey has done more for mustaches than Top Gun. Uh, this is just trying to troll me into my anti-Top Gun take. I mean, you're not going to get me on it. That is a weird look from Kelsey. And I love Kelsey. But Kelsey going from the fade into the beard, the you know the, the look that I once upon a time had, the what is called kind of the generic cool white guy look, Going from that to a look that can only be described as cop is an odd choice by him. I doubt he keeps it. My guess is it's just a training camp thing, uh, but I'm folding on that. Fantasy football. Demonze has joined the Blue Duck Fantasy Football League. All in or fold, Nick will join the Blue Duck Fantasy League. Well, first of all, I haven't been invited. Second of all, as has been established, I don't play fantasy football. I gamble like an adult. I, the, I, I'm just I'm not a good fantasy member because I'm not going to be super invested. I I might forget to set my lineup. I have too many things going on as far as bets to place, survivor pools. I'm not doing your fantasy football league, and I wasn't invited to your fantasy football league. Next. Dan Campbell said the NFL denied the Lions' request to have an actual lion on the sidelines. The Broncos, Seahawks, Ravens, and Browns all have live mascots. All in her, and the Chiefs, by the way, used to have a horse that came on the field. All in her fold, the Lions deserve a lion. 
I love the idea of the Lions having a real lion. I think that would have been awesome. I think the NFL should reverse course on that. So I'm all in on that. Follow-up, if What's Right had a live mascot, what would it be? I mean, the I can be self-deprecating here. The obvious answer, again, I'll let you guys in your car or the producers think of it. In fact, for our producers, what animal represents, if anyone has any guesses, go ahead and you pipe in. Because there's one obvious one. It's insulting, but it's an obvious one. Oh, we have a new person in the production room. At least I think we do. Hi, sir. Good to meet you. Uh, I see he kind of has the cool generic white guy look. If you're watching, the, 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 the skin fade shaved head into the beard. I like that look. That was the look I had for years. Um, the... Do you, anybody want to guess, or are you guys worried you're going to hurt my feelings? No, it's not Dexter. The answer is a parrot. Giant nose talks too much. Like, that would be, that's the answer. That's the d mascot for the show, is if we had a live animal ma mascot. Uh, but no, we don't have one. We don't have those. We're not zoned for that here at Trentage, Harlem's trendiest and hottest women's boutique. Uh, all right, speaking of animals... There's video out of a Chinese zoo that shows a bear that appears, appears to be a human in a costume. All in her fold, the bear is a human costume in a bear costume. I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do here. That is clearly not a live bear, right? I mean, well, now that I'm watching him walk, you know what? I'm not certain. Am I an idiot for this? Am I supposed to be certain that Chinese Zoo denies its bears are humans in disguise? When he's standing there, he sure looks like a human. And his face doesn't... You know, okay, that's a human in a bear disguise. That's pretty clear that's what it is. I don't think that guy was supposed to stand up. Um, Yeah, that's a human in a bear disguise. That's not great. Uh... The And then they're trying to get me to do some alien thing that I'm not doing. I don't even... The bear is an alien in a human costume and a bear costume. By the way, Matt Ford, our producer extraordinaire, as I drink my delicious Starbucks coffee, even though I don't even have a Starbucks commercial to read today, I just really enjoy it. Um, the first half hour, uh, I did Colin Coward's podcast on the volume. And we had a bit of alien discussion on there if you want to dive into it. Colin, let's call him a skeptic. Uh, and I gave my takes there if you'd like more of my alien takes that you guys didn't get uh, from last week's pod that people enjoyed so much. All right. Uh, there's all in her fold. If you're in the live chat right now, throw in some questions. We'll get to them next. What's right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Welcome back in episode 169, What's Right with Nick Wright. We now read some of your listener questions live from the YouTube chat. Uh, Hawkfan asks, what's your worst bad beat or most unlucky bet outcome in your life? I I think I've told this story before. Listen, I've had some real bad ones. I, I mean, we all have. Uh, I, I lost a massive tease... On the double doink game, that Bears playoff game, I also, Bomani Jones was at my house watching when this one happened. Do you guys remember the Steelers? I think his name was Jesse James. Uh, it was on Sunday Night Football. Uh, yeah, I had a huge bet, I remember, on... I think it was the Steelers' money line. It was Patriots-Steelers. And Jesse James scores to win the game. I'm pulling up the video of it right now so I can give you the time score situation. It's first and goal. There's 30 seconds left. And Jesse James scores and goes into the end zone to go up four with 30 seconds left. And this was that did did not survive the ground ruling, which, you know, one of the, you know, was the 11th consecutive ruling like this that benefited the Patriots. I'm watching it again right now. It made no sense at the time. He caught the ball. No one ever hits him. He then reaches across the goal line. I still don't get it. Now, they've since changed the rule, I guess. It's just such a bad, bad review. That one killed me, and the Steelers ended up losing the game. Uh, but my worst beat ever was the Kansas-Memphis National Championship game. The And that one I, I've talked about, but I'll tell you the story again. So Memphis was three-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. And I had just gotten out of college, and I was just recently on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And I had this 50 grand, and I was gambling a lot, and I had just a deep belief that Memphis was going to win the game by exactly three points. So I paid a stupid VIG to, and I didn't want to bet on Kansas plus three and a half because I I root I've rooted against Kansas my whole life, and so I bought Memphis down from three and a half to two and a half. I also, this was pre-online betting really being a thing. It was 15 years ago. It's the 07 National Championship game. I also got my bookie to give me, I think, again, terrible odds. Like 8 to 1 on, it should be way more than that. But I don't even remember exactly what it was. But I know that I had Memphis minus 2.5 and, a half and for, a real, for a real amount of money. I mean, I'll say how much it was. It's a real amount of money to me now. So imagine it was two grand, but it was two grand to win like, I want to say like 1500 Again, I was just totally, it was such a square bet. So I was paying such a high VIG. 
uh, to get it to two and a half. I think it was two grand to win sixteen hundred. But imagine me sixteen years ago, how much two grand was to me. It, uh, it was impossible to fathom. And I have Memphis minus two and a half. And Memphis is in control. Memphis is up seven. I'm sorry, they're up nine with two minutes left in the game. They then, it, all of a sudden, Memphis starts missing their free throws. Chris Douglas Roberts misses free throws, misses free throws, misses free throws. Derrick Rose misses a free throw. With, with a minute left, Memphis missed a shot. One, two, three, three consecutive free throws. And then Derrick Rose makes a free throw with 10 seconds left. And the score is 63 to 60. And one stop. And I win my bet. I win my, I win both bets. I'm also feel like the smartest gambler in the world. Because everyone had Memphis minus three and a half. I had them minus two and a half. And Mario Chalmers hits one of the biggest shots in, in college basketball history. Memphis then missed a three of their own and get blown out in overtime. And I am in shambles. I'll never forget that one. That's the worst beat of my life. Uh, Nick Adams says, how many years do you think Mahomes can be the undisputed best in the world before someone could take the crown? Could Caleb take it by year three? No, I think Mahomes, because I think Mahomes is going to keep winning Super Bowls. I think Mahomes is going to be universally regarded as the best quarterback in the league through the 2020s. I think five, six more years minimum, where he's universally regarded the best quarterback in the league. Um, Noah Rodriguez asks, what does the Prince need to do this year to be considered the top three quarterback you think he is? I mean, win league MVP or come close to it? And I think that's what's going to happen. I think he'll be a, there'll be a 12 or 13 win team, and he will be a top three MVP guy. And people will be like, damn, Nick was right about the Jags and Trevor Lawrence. Again, maybe we should stop mocking him for it and start listening to him about it. Uh, Carter Say says, what flavor Starbucks chilled drink are you drinking today? I'm drinking vanilla myself this morning while enjoying the pod. Well, thank you, Carter Say. That's an unpaid endorsement. I'm drinking the caramel again. I enjoy this one. This is my favorite flavor. What a nice... Corporate synergy to end the pod on. You guys were excellent today. The TV show is going to be great. I'll see you guys there. And Tuesday, Dior is back with the pod. See you guys then. What's right? <laughs>